Thank you for joining us for In All Things, a weekly podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, State Clerk of the EPC. We pray that God uses Dean and his guests to inform and inspire you about the EPC and how God is working in and through our global movement of Evangelical Presbyterian Churches. The motto of our family of congregations is, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean. And thank you again, Rachel, as always, for that introduction and delighted to have yet another edition of In All Things, podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. Thank you again for joining us and taking the time wherever you are, whether you're on a Peloton or taking a walk around the lake or bike ride or just on your commute to work. Perhaps you're just sitting in a nice chair with a good book and a cup of coffee. These half-hour conversations are designed in-house for people in the EPC, but we also hope that there's others who might be listening in over our shoulders. And if you have the opportunity to share this podcast on social with family, with friends, with coworkers, friends from your small group in church, any word of mouth is greatly appreciated because we are a lean, mean podcast machine. We technically have no real sponsors, although Tom Ricks from Church Planting has given us $1, so that qualifies them as being a a potential sponsor. And we have a few other people who have threatened to give us money, but have yet to come through, so they will remain unnamed. But today, as we enter into a conversation with some endorsed ministry partners who are strongly connected to the EPC through an organization called the CCO, we like organizations with with three letters. So that usually helps us. But the CCO stands for the Coalition for Christian Outreach. And I'm not not even sure if everybody in the CCO knows that anymore, but it stands for the Coalition for Christian Outreach. It's a campus minister organization started back in the 1970s, sort of the uh, campus ministry version of Young Life, if you will, with maybe a little more thoughtful faith and work integration that attaches to that as well. And it is the endorsed ministry partner in campus ministry of the EPC. The EPC doesn't have its own campus ministry, but if we did, it would look a lot like, if not exactly like, the CCO. And so we're delighted to be in partners with them, and we're delighted to welcome Gerard Brumfeld and Sarah. Sarah, help me with your last name. Takino. Takino. Gerard, I got your name down decent, but I couldn't get Sarah's last name down. But great to have you guys with us, and welcome to In All Things. Thank you for having us. So today's podcast is brought to you by our friends at the CCO. The CCO is a campus ministry that, though it started in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and spread to Western Pennsylvania, Eastern Ohio, and Northern West Virginia, it now goes all across the United States. In fact, Gerard is out in California, in Fresno, if I remember correctly. And we have staff that are in Orlando and in Memphis and the state of Indiana, all over the place. So it's now a a national organization, but it still has that highly relational feel that you get from some smaller organizations. The CCO is about to have a conference that comes up at the end of the middle of February called the Jubilee Conference. And there's really nothing quite like it. And we've decided to have Gerard and Sarah on to talk a little bit about Jubilee. And for those of you in the EPC who are listening in, and perhaps you have college-age students yourself, or a college-age ministry at your church, or would like to have a college-age ministry at your church, a great way to check out the vital and dynamic ministry of the CCO is by attending the Jubilee Conference. 
So let's start, Gerard, with you and tell us a little bit about how you came to be a part of the CCO. And then, Sarah, that will be the same question for you. Give us a little bit of background of your kind of coming into the CCO, how you came to know it, how God called you to be a part of it. And then we'll get to your particular locations, but we'll spend the majority of our time on the Jubilee Conference. Perfect. Yes. Thanks, Dean. I was a CCO student when I was in college at Shippersburg University in Pennsylvania. That was in 2006, which is now almost 20 years ago, which is wild. See, I was thinking, Gerard, you were at Clarion, but you worked at Clarion at one point, right? I worked at Clarion, yes. Yeah. Uh, that was actually, I was a student at Shippersburg, and then I became CCO staff in, my, my, in 2012. And in 2012, I was at Clarion University. Gotcha. Yeah. And so that was in 2012. I've been working for CCO now. I'm in my 12th year, loving college students, partnering with the local church as we are living out the mission to transform college students to transform the world. And I believe recently you've gotten involved with the Next Generation Ministries in the EPC as well? Yes, yes. This is my first year on the EPC's Next Generation Council. And it's been a lot of fun learning how to involve college students, high school students, junior high, youth, babies into the mission of the EPC. Yeah, right. Well, and before you, Jen Burkhalter and Heather Strong-Moore were both on that same council, and I'm excited that Heather is actually now receiving a call from an EPC church to be an EPC pastor. So, hey, you never know. I'm all. That's crazy. That's crazy stuff. Well, Sarah, how about you? How did you get connected to the CCO? What's your story? Yeah, so unlike Gerard, I met CCO not through school, but through church. And I met Gerard at my church. So I go to First Presbyterian in Fresno. And I was starting to go to the church. It was a newer church for me. I was looking for a new home. And the second Sunday I was at church, Gerard came up to me. And I was a high school senior. I'm a sophomore in college now. Because and Gerard is so shy and retiring, it took... Exactly. <laughs> so he came up and a little birdie told him that I was staying in Fresno next year for college. And I think he definitely jumped on the opportunity to have a new face in CCO. And so I checked it out my first semester in the fall. Sadly, my schedule didn't really align with going to group every... Monday night is when we meet, but because he was so persistent and he just made me feel so welcome, I started to stick around for the game nights or the just events they had that weren't Mondays. So you were all in for the fun. That's what you're telling. Exactly. I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. <laughs> right, gotcha. Yeah. But then last spring, I became, I'd say, actively involved because my schedule aligned and just the way I was treated. I felt so at home and so welcomed by CCO. Yeah. So, Gerard, the CCO has kind of a, a unique approach mm -hmm. to understanding the integration of faith and people's pursuit of their vocation and, and potential calling into a, a job of some kind down the road. Could you just describe a little bit the all of life redeemed approach of the CCO and why that's distinctive and important? Yeah, I would say, like when I think about most ministry connections on campus with students, the goal is to get students to know Jesus, get students to have fun. And I love that. And make have students make connections with one another which is a good like it's fun jesus is the point uh oh uh, but i think the next question that you ask is once i say yes to jesus what's next right and so with the cco instead of just saying 
you said yes to Jesus, this will make more disciples. And that's the end of it. We realized that all things belong to God is one of our core values in the CCO. And so that means that even the things I study, the things that I'm passionate about, all of that is in God's domain. All of that is for who God is. And so part of the heart and mission of the CCO is helping college students grab onto that vision, that the things that they care about, the things that they love, God had a, a plan for that, has an idea for that. And so what does it look like to be connected to that, to the heart of God, to live out that mission in your studies, in your friendships, and as you're pursuing life beyond college? Right. David Barna, in his book, Faith for Exiles, goes through five different things that describe the characteristics of the latter millennials and early Gen Zs who are sticking with the faith and an, a holistic discipleship that understands how the faith mm -hmm. affects everything is mm -hmm. in the top five. Why is it, Sarah, that for college students, it's so important to be able to connect your faith with the rest of your life. Most Americans have it bifurcated, right? You've got your faith over here as kind of a nice set of moralisms and a thing to believe that gives you assurance that there's a God. But saying yes to Jesus doesn't just change a few things. <laughs> saying yes to Jesus changes everything. Why, why is that a compelling story to today's college student? I think that the separation between school and Jesus should never be a thing. I think that Jesus is involved in my everyday life from the moment I wake up to the moment I lay down at night. I think you're right on the money, Sarah. I think what you're tracking with is it has to do with alignment, right? Yeah. If what you believe should translate into the way you behave, the way you think, the way you act, and everything from your relationships to your, to your studies. But that's kind of what the Jubilee Conference is all about, right? The Jubilee Conference is all about the opportunity to platform that in an amazing, I mean, it is super fun. The worship is off the charts. And I don't know, Sarah, if you've ever had the chance to see Gerard dance, but if he gets up on the stage, it's worth the price of admission just to go and watch him jam out to the Lord during worship. He'd be the total reason why I would go. I would go just to see him up on the stage moving with the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's just too much fun. So uh, tell me about the Jubilee, Gerard. Tell me tell me a little bit about conference, what people could expect, why they should go. Just give us a primer on the Jubilee Conference. Yeah. The, the more I think about it, I think the Jubilee Conference is one of the reasons that I still work for the CCO is because it's this moment of watching 2,000 or more college students come together to understand the call that God has for our lives and getting them all in one spot and giving them even a moment to be introduced to Jesus while learning about the four part narrative of the of scripture from creation, fall, redemption, restoration, and learning what does it mean for God to be God over all of your life. You said the phrase for our theme this year, which this could change everything. If, if we believe in who Jesus is, it really can change not just our lives, but the world around us and the future marriages for college students, because most of them aren't married and the career paths that they're going down of like how we join into these spaces. And so Jubilee is our annual conference that happens every February in the mid-February. And it gathers college students together to come and learn how to live out their faith in every area of life. So, Sarah, have you had the chance to go yet? I have had the wonderful opportunity to go to Jubilee. I went last. Okay, so tell us, tell us about Jubilee from a student's perspective. Yeah, so once we got to Pittsburgh, it was a little bit of a flight. We stayed at 
a church, a local church, hosted us for a couple of days. We came a couple of days before the conference. So we had a couple of days to explore the city and stuff. But then when we got to the conference, we stayed at the hotel that was connected to the conference center. So it was a super short commute to get to the center. And I honestly, going in, had no idea what to expect. I thought it was just going to be a bunch of people there and I was just going to be overwhelmed. But luckily, it was very nice to have, you know, your church that you were with and then other people knew some people from Pittsburgh. And so I was like, oh, here's a new friend I can meet. So it was just a lot of forming new connections and realizing there's people in CCO that are 3,000 miles away from you. The conference itself was super interesting. And my favorite part was definitely the worship. I am on the worship team at CCO Fresno. And worship has always been a way that I've always connected and felt closer to God. And doing that with 2,000 plus people, it, it gives me chills talking about it because it's such an overwhelming experience. I just felt so filled with the spirit during the worship there. I felt like Sarah when I, I oftentimes like to be in the back. I know probably the, the younger you are, the closer to the front you want to be. The older you are, the closer to the back you want to be. And I can mm -hmm. probably tell by my seasoned appearance. For those of you listening on the audio, we're recording this on Zoom. I, I'm one of the in the back people. And I try to get up on a chair to kind of take in the whole thing. I feel like it's a picture of the breaking into the kingdom. Yeah, come on. You know, I feel like I looked at therefore I beheld from every tribe, every nation, every people, every tongue, people from every ethnicity and background and interest and style and the beauty of God's intended created order just on display, enjoying his presence together, it is just full. It's just full. It's like the kingdom breaking in. And I, I think the worship is, I think most of the college students, that's probably the thing that they love so much. But there's great speakers too, right? Gerard, you mentioned the, the flow of the conference follows that biblical redemptive arc of creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Each movement of the conference has a has a plenary or keynote speaker around those particular subjects. You have creation, how God created everything, intended it to be good, human beings being the, the good good of that, the fall, how that affected not just, you know, our our nature and sin, but the whole creation groaning with the pains of childbirth, which means the whole world we live in is broken. People don't need us to tell them that, but we have a story that makes sense of it. Redemption, God's plan for saving the world, the people that he loved, for God so loved the world that he sent his son. And then restoration, which is how he's going to make all things new and invites us into that great plan of restoring everything to new heavens and the new earth. So you've got these four movements with four speakers. Could you tell us a little bit about what to expect when people come and who's speaking this year? Yeah. One of my favorite parts about Jubilee is that it's not just a hype conference, but it's also a conference of depth, right? And so the, the speakers are coming from different spaces who are coming to help us understand this biblical narrative. One of our speakers is Ashley Anderson, who's going to come and help us navigate the fall story. We also have a show who's coming down, who has done a lot of work with Tim Keller. And in that world, we have Acho, who's coming down to speak as well, which is really cool. Even having someone like Justin Early, who's going to be speaking about habits and friendship at Jubilee this year, too. Hmm. Uh, but it's all of these things that it's not just like come in here, like let me pump you up and send you out, but also let me help you see who God is and how he's working in this grander narrative, which will be a really good 
experience. That's just the main stage. Speaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sarah, were there any speakers that stood out for you last year when you went or something that was said at one of the plenaries that really kind of lasted with you that you didn't want to share? I believe that the fall definitely stood out to me, just remembering that we need Jesus and that we are all imperfect and we can't do this by ourselves was one of the main points of the fall last year. Yeah. The EPC has, as Gerard, you probably know, a, uh, an evangelism tool we call the three circles, which is basically creation, fall, redemption, restoration. It's the same, same biblical flow. But the usual access point to the conversation that's that gospel conversation is the question of brokenness. It, it, it's somewhere between God created everything good, but everything's pretty messed up. And I think college students intuitively know that this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Like things just aren't right. Like the world is a pretty messed up place. And they have themselves experienced that brokenness. And that's usually the point where the gospel sort of breaks in and makes that narrative personal because they know that that brokenness is true. So I'm not surprised, Sarah, that the, the fall was the one that kind of grabbed you because I think the whole world knows that the world's messed up, but I don't think the whole world has a narrative that explains why it's messed up and what's the solution for it being put back together again in a way that's beautiful and wonderful. Um, draw there are other talks beside the the main stage of you know, these kind of breakout sessions. What are they designed to do? Like over lunch and during other breakout times, there's these different seminars that are on. What are they designed to do? Yeah. The design of those other spaces is to help you begin to connect again, beyond just salvation. Right. And so we have some talks that are talking about your major. So you're connecting faith to silence, connecting faith to education and knowing that it doesn't just mean that I need to go into those spaces and bombard people with Jesus, but I actually can introduce you to Jesus in a way that is honest because of the work that I'm doing. My evangelism is through my words. Absolutely. And yes, we actually working on that with college students this year, but it's also through the way that I'm living my life. Like it's through the way that I study, it's through the passions that I have in life. So we have different breakout sessions around different topics to help you see God in those spaces authentically, because again, all things belong to God. So everything that we're studying, everything you're passionate about, originally he has an idea for those things that we didn't come up with it ourselves. So yeah, there's many breakout sessions you can find on your major, on your hobbies, your passions, and even your curiosities. And Sarah, what's your major? Business management. Okay. So have you signed up? Uh, we're getting close to Jubilee. I'm, I'm trusting that your campus minister has helped to make sure that you're already signed up for those seminars by now. I have looked into them. I have not signed up yet. Oh, okay. And <laughs> okay, Gerard, you got to get on this now. Right. All right. We got a month. Okay. All right. So what, what kind of seminars are you thinking about? So I just switched to business management. Last year I was kinesiology. So that's definitely a jump. So this year I'm going to look in the business aspect of the seminars. Yeah. Well, I remember a couple of years ago, one of the elders of the church that I served, Dr. Stephen Little came and presented on faith and science. And it's just good to know if you're a college student that you don't have to check your brain at the door if you're going to be in the sciences. I'm thinking there's this popular book that's kind of starting to make its way through a lot of thoughtful circles right now, Stephen Meyer's Return of the God Hypothesis. It's really someone who went from being an atheist to a deist to a Christian as an astrophysicist looking at the hard data of science and finding a compelling argument for the God of creation. <laughs> 
not the opposite. And I think when people realize that their faith is not just an emotional thing, it's not just an intellectual thing, it's an everything thing. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about Jubilee. It engages all of that. One of my favorite parts of Jubilee is kind of ancillary. It's actually a hearts and minds bookstore that is set up. Why does Jubilee have a bookstore there? Yeah. Yes. First of all, shout out to Byron Borger. So excited that he has a partnership with the CTO and continues to come every year. Um, and I think it goes back to that CCO wants to help engage the whole person um, and engaging the mind as well. And so having a bookstore there is helping engage every part of the student, even though you're like, well, they have to read for school, but also like, um, but readers are leaders and leaders should be readers. And so like being able to read broadly and be able to have a different perspective on things and to not just have like, this is the only book on this topic, but to see bunch of different topics to see how these things are for the kingdom is pretty great. And so this bookstore, it is pretty wild that you can find a, a book about almost anything in this space that, that it just pops up in a weekend and back down. But like they're so thoughtful, Byron and Beth are so thoughtful about what they bring to Pittsburgh for students to have access to. And honestly, I've been to many different conferences and I still think that Hearts and Bites Bookstore at Jubilee is the one of my favorite. Yeah, just just a shout out further to Byron and Beth, the Hearts and Minds, you can find them online, just Google it. You can get your stuff through Amazon and other things, but my goodness, supporting that local book distributor, and he is one of the most thoughtful curators of topics to stimulate your thinking. I continue to reference people to Byron and that, and that site all the time. His book reviews are awesome. Uh, let's close with this, Sarah. If a student is listening in, or maybe a parent, is listening in, what would your encouragement be for why they might want to prioritize the time and the resources potentially to do something like going to the Jubilee conference? I believe that Jubilee is just an amazing experience for anyone who goes, regardless of what's going on in your outside life, going and just focusing on Jesus for an entire weekend and just praying and being surrounded with the whole Christian community as a whole. It's just an important thing in being surrounded by people who do care about your faith and the next steps that you want to take. Yeah. Okay. And Gerard, same question for you, but I'd like you to direct your answer to leaders in the EPC, pastors and elders who are listening in, who may be able to dip into their miscellaneous or mission budget, something where they could support a college student going off to Jubilee or a bunch of students. Why would that be a good investment? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that sometimes, I keep going back to this, you, you hear me say this over and over again, that I think that we believe that college students just want to have fun. And we don't, we just like, that's how we want to engage them. But I think by investing the college student going to Jubilee, you're, you're investing in them using their heart and their mind beyond just the fun part. So you're actually showing them this investment in a way that is authentic to something that's for them and with their peers, but also a way that they will have fun. Like <laughs> Pittsburgh is a fun city. It's going to be a little chilly, but it's a fun city. I think that churches that have an opportunity to send a college to Jubilee, it is not just a hype thing of like, we want to get as many people there as possible. The reason I want people there is they're going to see Jesus and they're going to see that Jesus cares about them and the things that they cared about. And getting sent to students once, even if my church sent people before I was hired, they sent three college students and they still talk about it seven years later about what they witnessed there. And it's not a conference that they're going to like 
oh, you need to agree with this, but it challenged their thought process and how they see the world and it made them think beyond, like they're still thinking how did that affect their faith even today? So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's true for me, Gerard. Uh, my first Jubilee was probably 1983. It was at the Hilton downtown by the point. And I think that's when the Bible really became alive for me. Mm. I heard this idea of the kingdom of God talked about in a way that was so real. The spirit of God used that conference to really give me a love for the scriptures. And I knew that Jesus was my savior since I was 14, but that's when I started to really understand that he was also my Lord and had claims over all of my life. And the conference played a huge role in that, not only when I was in college, but when I was on staff and when my kids went to college, my kids all have that same biblical worldview that they gained from their time with the CCO and the Jubilee Conference. And it's been a huge blessing. And as you two have been for joining us today. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedules to join us. And we ask the Lord's blessings upon each of you as you fly across the country. Come a little bit early. Maybe you see what you can do about going and, I don't know, taking in the Carnegie Museum, go up to Mount Washington, get yourself a Permani sandwich, you know, all of those kind of good things. But come to the Berg February 16th, 17th, and 18th at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. If people want to learn more about the conference, Gerard, can you help me direct where they should go to? Yeah. You go to jubileeconference.com to find out more about the conference. And if you are happy to be in Pittsburgh on January 18th, that day is free for everyone. So just come stop on by and check out Jubilee. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks both of you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Well, my friends, that concludes another conversation as a part of our podcast. And you get a sense about what this podcast actually is intended to do because the theme verse that we end with every week, and these episodes drop every Friday afternoon on all of our social media platforms and wherever you get podcasts, our verse that anchors us is in the benediction of Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and following. And it really is what the Jubilee Conference and the CCO is all about. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created. The Greek there is ta pontos, and there's nothing outside of ta pontos. It includes everything. There's nothing apart from it. And so in all things means literally all things. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, matters of beauty, justice, economics, relationships, vocation and calling, all of it. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, tapantas, were created through him and there for him. Because you see, he was before all things, my friends. And in him, all things hold together. For he is the firstborn, the head of the body, the church. And if I could add a line, a verse or two later that I don't often do, for in him, the fullness of God is pleased to dwell. Sign up and go to the Jubilee Conference, February 16th, 17th, and 18th, and I promise you will experience the fullness of God dwelling at that place as you experience his lordship over all things. Until the next time that we gather, my friends, in this venue, I bid grace and peace to you. 
Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of the entire team, please join us for our next episode. For more information about the EPC, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more, visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.